Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. For some, nothing brings more sadness than seeing a lost animal, and nothing brings more joy than knowing a pet is reunited with its owner. The town of Coburg was spending $104,000 per year for animal control. That is the service that picks up stray dogs and cats and takes them to the pound to hopefully reunite with their family. Coburg councillor Aaron Burkett is the town's point person for animal control. Two years ago, the town decided it was spending too much on animal control. At that time, it was part of a management committee made up of municipalities from the west half of Northumberland County. But in 2020, Council said it had enough and left. In January, Cobra Council announced the Northumberland Humane Society would provide pound services by looking after strays and reuniting pets with owners. The two-year journey is the subject of the first segment of today's show. Aaron Burkhart is going to walk us through what happened and why. If you are a taxpayer or a pet lover, you will want to hear what he has to say. I'm so pleased to have with me today Aaron Burkat, the councillor responsible for animal control for the town of Coburg. Welcome to Consider This. Thank you for having me today. Before we go too far, it may be a good idea to get you to describe what is the Joint Animal Control Municipal Services Board and what does it do? So basically the Joint Animal Service Board... uh, is made up of four um, neighboring municipalities, uh, Port Hope, Hamilton Township, and Alma Caldeman, as well as the town of Coburg. Uh, back in, I believe it was uh, 2003, uh, the four municipalities uh, joined together and uh, created this board. Uh, it's a governance board and essentially we oversee the joint animal control um, service unit that essentially provided the four municipalities with um, animal control service and pound service. Um, so I was, um, when, when uh, elected to council in 2018, I was the member of protection services and I was appointed to the board uh, as the town of Coburg representative. So when you talk about animal control and pound services, can you just give us a really quick uh, uh, definition of what that includes? So the animal control uh, piece of it is essentially uh, if there's uh, a stray dog, cat, um, within the municipalities, essentially the uh, Staff would go out, um, try to uh, contain the animal and either try to get it to the 
homeowner if uh, they're within the area and they know where it's from, or bring it down to uh, the the shelter or uh, pound um, until somebody could claim that uh, animal. Um, and then the other piece to it, obviously, is uh, the, the the pound piece. So if you know somebody finds an animal or um, whatever, it's a place where they can bring such animal to uh, cats and dogs, obviously, to hopefully then find its owner. Um, so that, that's kind of the gist of what uh, the service entails. Um, under the, all the municipalities are required to have a pound service for uh, dogs. Um, we've, we went one step further and uh, did the cat service as well because um, in a lot of areas there, those are the two animals obviously of uh, issues in neighborhoods and, uh, and and essentially so that's uh, what we've uh, what we do within the organization now in October 2020 council received a services delivery review report from consultants saying it should think it rethink, excuse me, its involvement in the joint board. Now, prior to this, what was your impression of the level of service the town was getting from the Animal Control Municipal Services Board? So, um, since since being on council and appointed to that position, um, I learned through uh, our municipal clerk and town staff that, uh, you know, Covert was not getting uh, the, the service that we felt uh, we required, um, being the largest uh, contributor to the Joint Animal Control Board. Um, you know, we felt we weren't getting that level of service that we expect and uh, would like to provide to, uh, the, obviously, the citizens of Covert. So, uh, obviously, having conversations with uh the town clerk, uh, Brian Larmer, and uh, myself, you know, trying to figure out what the next steps were at that point. Uh, so obviously before the service delivery review, um, we were in discussions um, about what what the next steps were and where we needed to move. So essentially the service delivery uh, review from the uh, KPMG really just confirmed what uh, we already kind of had a sense of. So at that point, I, I really knew we need to move forward. And uh, I know it's going to be a long process, obviously, um, but uh, I was very happy to have the, the full council with the support uh, to, to move forward on that, uh, you know, pulling out of the joint animal control. Now, Aaron, when when you were at the table and and you were discussing things or things were happening, was there anything that stuck out in your mind where it was really exemplary of this sense that Coburg wasn't getting a, a fair deal or a good deal? Were there reports or were there incidents that sort of caught your attention and you said, like, this just doesn't make sense anymore? Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Larmer had to step in on occasion to deal with... Um, certain items as far as um, incidents that had happened within the town, whether it was 
dog on dog or dog on person uh, incidents. Uh, so you know that became very apparent that uh, we needed to look at the process and 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 we're. Where, where we're going with it. The other thing, too, that you have to really look at is we had two services kind of at this point. We have the uh, Northumberland Humane Society as well as we have a joint animal control um, piece. So very, very close uh, proximity, proximity to uh, build, where their buildings are, obviously. And, you know, you kind of look at, is there a duplication of service? Um, so, so, so that kind of sparks a little bit of, okay, we need to maybe further look at this because maybe there's alternatives. Now, before the delivery review report, um, was the town providing any duplicating services, dog licensing, uh, picking up animals? Um, we weren't necessarily picking up um, picking up the animals at that point because we uh, obviously there's certain things that you need to have in place to do such a thing. But uh, the licensing actually um, it's it's up kind of up to you know it was kind of the joint element control service would do it as well as the municipalities would do it. Now, Mr. Larimer, uh, of course, uh, really took the, took the reins on, um, this. And in 20 late 2019, a report was brought to council where we would then start, um, a, what's called DocuPet. And the DocuPet, uh, is an online licensing, um, uh, program. So in the past, what would happen is the licensing would start at the beginning of the year, um, which would sometimes, whether you registered a pet at the beginning of the year or whether you registered them towards the end of the year, it went, it, you had to renew it at, in, in January, which of course, you know, if you get a, a pet uh, later in the year, you're like, okay, I'm not going to get the full value of this, um, this license. So, um, staff brought to council um, the licensing uh, outfit, outfit uh, document and we, we went ahead with it so it's actually increased um, the amount of uh, dogs that have been uh, registered uh, we actually receive about $14,000 in revenue back to the town which obviously offsets our cost of what uh, that service is. So it, it's been a very good um, program that the staff had introduced and the uptake on it was a lot better because essentially if you go to register your animal later in the year now, you actually get the full cycle of that year registration versus what it was before. Now, Coburg Council gets the final report on service delivery, and in it, it argues that there can be cost savings if you rethink the delivery model. What was your reaction when you saw the recommendations in the report? Uh, I was not um, really surprised, you know, obviously sitting on the animal control board, seeing what the costs were uh, with the service already, kind of having... You know, 
looking at uh, different alternatives and kind of doing a little bit of research, I felt, you know, there was going to be savings. Um, obviously, um, once we've got the number, of the, the official number of what the cost would be uh, for savings, it, it was quite substantial. And, you know, when you're looking at that, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's a small piece of the overall budget. But, uh, you know, when KPMG was bringing the report to us, I believe it was about uh, half, uh, like they presented, for example, the the cost of what other municipalities and other places were paying for services. And, it, and you kind of got a sense, okay, yeah, we are paying more. So is this should be the, the way to move forward. For example, um, in 2021, the average uh, cost per household was about $9.56, um, and which is quite higher uh, for the average of both uh, Tier 1 and Tier 2 services, which is anywhere from a dollar. 63 to a dollar or sorry $4 and 63 cents to $4 and 82 cents uh, on average with it with other municipalities so you're looking at almost double the cost Uh, so so that was a huge kind of indicator once we got that information uh, to council that hey yeah this is this is what we need to do we need to kind of move away from this how would you characterize the debate at council when you were bringing these things up and you were discussing this potential change? I think it was fairly, um, it it, it was a fairly good, you know, sense from the, uh, the rest of the council that, Hey, we're presented with this. This is really good, uh, cost savings. Obviously the mayor, um, the mayor was quite in support of it. Um, as he, um, one of the items that him and I had discussions early on was we really needed to look at that joint animal control and uh, look at what the best way of moving forward was. So he already had that sense, um, and that that's probably uh, due to his um, uh, time as deputy mayor and, and doing budgets. So I think uh, he just really needed somebody in that joint animal control board there and somebody to really look at this and, and, and take this as kind of a, a lead to let's let's see what we can do as far as cost savings and possibly uh, provide a, a, a maybe a better level of service. Um, so I, I think the debate was was very it was a very calm debate, obviously. All the councillors, you know, supported it and uh, felt that, hey, if we're going to be able to save costs on this and bring this in-house, this is the kind of thing we need to look at as well. I think it sparks the uh, conversation of um, other third-party contracts that are out there, um, you know, within the municipality. So I think that comment was brought up and, uh, you know, tasked to... Uh, staff to look at other third-party contracts. So when did you or the town notify the joint board that you were planning to leave? So that would have been in, uh, I think it was officially in January of 2020, because essentially what we have to do, what you have to do is give uh, two years notice. Uh, That was a part of the whole 
agreement with when the board uh, joint element control board was created. So any municipality that was leaving uh, would have to give a two year notice period. So so I sat on the board uh, for those two years. Um, you know, still having discussions and participating and you're still paying the fee. So in that time period, at any time, you could obviously, um, you know, rescind your decision. Um, I believe Port Hope actually uh, started that process um, in the last term of council and uh, had stopped the decision a, a period into it. Um, so Coburg, obviously, uh, we were very set on the goal to you know move forward um get this uh, you know get this to a point where um we can move this in-house what was the reaction from the other member municipalities when you announced um i don't think a lot of the members were surprised um you know obviously when you're looking at the makeup of the board, uh, we're, we're all very unique municipalities. Port Hope has a little bit of rural and urban. Um, the Hamilton Township and uh, Alma Caldermen are very uh, rural uh, communities. And Coburg being all essentially urban. So our needs are a little different. So uh, when you're sitting down as a board, <laughs> um, you know, dogs running around uh, or cats out in uh, Hamilton Township are going to be a little different than uh, dogs and cats in, like, in town where there's close, uh, close quarters. So I think, uh, you know, uh, they weren't, you know, completely upset or surprised with, you know, the decision. Um, obviously, then they had to regroup and figure out uh, what the next steps were. Now, surely as a member of the joint board, you were aware that if Coburg left, it would make a major difference financially and, you know, maybe force the other municipalities to pay more or it could add to tax levies. How did you personally feel about walking away? And did it bother you that the remaining members might not be able to afford the service without Coburg? Obviously, through through that, um, it's a, it's a little bit of a diff- difficult decision because obviously, you, you know, you're looking at um, the other municipalities, but really I was, my focus was, you know, the, uh, the taxpayers of Coburg at that point, um, we, uh, like I said, we, we were the highest one. So uh, to give you an idea, Coburg was contributing 35%, Port Hope 31, uh, Hamilton Township uh, 22, and Alma Caldeman was uh, 12. So, and that was, so based off of the 2021 budget was, which was a total of uh, approximately 288,000. Um, you know, we're, we're just over a hundred thousand that Coburg was contributing. So yeah, it is a big hit to the other municipalities, but what, uh, what we actually learned through the Joy Emma Control Board through COVID uh, was they went to more of a, an appointment basis. And what, in doing so, I, uh, there was actually cost savings. So they moved to a model um, going forward of <clears throat> doing appointment-based service versus 
you know, it, it being open all the time. So they're able to reduce the costs, uh, not completely to, um, you know, cover all of Cobra's costs that once we left, but quite close to, you know, covering most of it off. So I, I think, you know, it just really show, pushed and drove, drove the board to um, come up with an alternative. And I think, you know, with any business dealing with uh, the, the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, you know, a lot of businesses adapted. So I think the board just had that opportunity to adapt and, uh, you know, move forward essentially. So when did the town start talking with the Northumberland Humane Society? And is it correct that the town used to have the Humane Society provide animal control in the past? Um, I'm not sure about the past uh, piece myself, but I, 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 it was about, uh, you know, about a, in 2021, you know, Mr. Larmer was building a report uh, to bring to council. Uh, so that's where um, Mr. Larmer uh, had discussions with the uh, uh, with the board and what the proposal would essentially be and what the cost would be. So he um, he had those discussions and uh, led those, and uh, then he obviously brought the information to myself, um, and I was quite all right with it. Um, and that's when we brought the, that information to council. Uh, so it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, like I said, two services that are very similar as far as, um, you know, housing animals. And I think the humane society does a very good job of taking care of animals and uh, very compassionate towards, uh, towards that. Now, that report that you were talking about, that came forward in August of 2021. The council received this report from Brent Larmer um, to enter into this five-year agreement with the Humane Society at a cost of uh, $36,000 per year. Now, that's a lot less than the over, I think it was, what, one hundred and four or $106,000 you were paying at the joint board. Why is there such a big difference? It's huge. It's like one-third of the, of the original cost. Yeah, so so with the Joint Animal Control Board, um, we were also paying for staff to go out and do um, animal uh, pickup and enforcement. Okay, so with bringing um, with going to the main society, what we're doing now is we're actually uh, picking the animals up, doing the enforcement and taking them down to the shelter. So essentially the shift is, yes, we're paying less for um, the overall costs is what it would look like. But what we've done is essentially shift to in-house uh, enforcement, uh, which which is very important because essentially what's happening is we're strengthening our bylaw department um, so we're able to utilize those um, uh, those employees to do multi, you know, tasks essentially. So not only are they doing the you know animal control when needed, 
they're also doing, you know, property standards. They're doing uh, uh, parking infractions. So various things that are going to generate revenue for the municipality to offset costs, as well as, you know, provide a stronger team to deliver um, a high level of enforcement services. Is that going to cost us more or less? What we what you got to look at is essentially um, those individuals. Like it's going to cost us less for the animal control part, right? Because essentially we're not doing animal control all the time. But what we were doing with the animal control board was, you know, if you're looking at a sixty sixty four thousand dollar piece where we're putting that into that. So essentially, what we're doing is we're we're hiring, we're strengthening our bylaw team, but that bylaw team may be only doing a percentage of animal control, and then the rest of the time they're able to enforce, um, like I said, property standards and various other aspects of the municipality. So I uh, oh. don't know the percentage off the top of my head because we're still um, obviously adapting and getting those stats, but say, for example, if there those staff members are now now in-house are doing 10%. Uh, the cost is a lot lower for the animal control. Um, and then the, the other 90% of that, they're actually out, you know, enforcing parking um, and other bylaws. Well, that in theory, that all sounds wonderful. And I, and I understand that. But for example, are you, did you have to hire more people? Did you have to go out and buy equipment? Was there training involved? What about those costs? So uh, there, there was a little bit of training, obviously that they've uh, they've they've went through as far as you know how, how to you know handle the animals and things like that to uh, get them down there. There is we are we were replacing our one of our bylaw vehicles, anyways. So in doing so, we were replacing that bylaw vehicle, but we're making sure it's outfitted with um, the proper. Uh, cages and things like that to accommodate getting the animals down to the, the shelter. Because if you're if you recall, we've got a big uh, suburban that we have from that used to be one of the covert police vehicles. So it is actually due for replacement, and so we're going to be replacing that with uh, a van of some sort that can allow to house the animals and uh, take them down to the, the services. So it's one of those things where you're kind of creating um, efficiencies, but at the same time trying to strafing your, your existing, um, uh, you know, team. And for example, the current, the current um, staff are in place. So they were already hired. Uh, so we didn't hire new uh, staff in that department. Now we did hire um, a new, or we're in the process of hiring a new bylaw manager. Manager, but that came out of the service delivery um, uh, re- review. So essentially, what we're though we're cost saving, we're trying to offset um, the costs that we're going to get incurred regardless um because obviously we needed to hire the bylaw manager um and strengthen that department so essentially you're you're going about it in a way that you're finding efficiencies to uh better service the community um at the end of the day 
those uh, bylaw enforcement officers, you're giving them added responsibility. Did they get a wage increase for the added responsibility now that they're taking on for animal control? Um, no, they essentially they were they're that is an added um, piece to their job description. But like I said, they they were doing a lot of this um, uh, dealing with the animals and things like this prior to us going to the joint animal or, or leaving the joint animal control board. Um, so a, a lot of them were, it was already in place cause it's enforcing bylaws and things like this as part of that initial, um, I guess job description, we'll call it. Um, and, uh, they, they've been doing a pretty good, pretty excellent job, uh, of it already and, uh, taken on that responsibility. Um, so, so, and, and, what they found is a lot of it is to do with uh, currently right now uh, with uh, cats. So, so it, it just so that I'm clear, and I'd like the listeners to be clear. So before any of this happened, your bylaw enforcement officers were already doing some animal control. They were, you know, at some level because of bylaw enforcement, these guys were going out and they were what, picking up strays or dealing with dogs or whatever it was, and then taking them into to the, uh, uh, the shelter. And you also said that you were doing licensing as well. Were there any other functions that the joint board was to be doing that the town was also doing as well? So there was there more places where there was duplication of service? Um, so Mr. Larmer had taken on some of the, the files, like I said, with that dog-on-human uh, um, or dog-on-dog bite kind of thing. So um, it's, it's, excuse me, it's not often that you have the, um, uh, the issues, but when they do happen, you've got to make sure you do them in a proper manner. So he, he was taking on some of those roles every so often um, when um, it was happening. And Coburg was dealing with some of these items in the, even though we were, we had given our notice, obviously, right? Um, so we were, it was just the countdown. So I would say in the last year, Mr. Larmer took on a lot of that extra um, responsibilities, making sure proper procedures were done to deal with those kind of issues. Now, there was oversight in the old system. You had the board. It oversaw how things were going on. There was reports regularly given. Um, there were minutes and meetings, and, and there was uh, transparency on a lot of levels. Now, how is the oversight going to take place under this new system with the Humane Society? What about the town's end, and is there going to be a citizens' committee? Uh, so, 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 no, essentially, the... Humane Society has uh, a board of its own, so they will deal with um, th- those items in the, uh, you know, within their board as far as operations and things like that. And like I said, we're just using them as essentially uh, a shelter pound service. So the drop off and that, um, uh, that care essentially. So, Taking that responsibility out of the town of Coburg's hands, I think, is very important. Um, and then, obviously, the oversight is um, the 
Mr. Larmer is the director of legislative services, which oversees the um, the bylaw department, and uh, he reports to the CAO, which the CAO reports to uh, council. So um, that is essentially the the oversight that would would happen if there. It's an operational piece now. And essentially, if there are issues or concerns, then um, through the proper channels, obviously through uh, council, if you know citizens have issues or whatever that case might be, um, they, they can obviously go to council, and then through the through council, uh, we can go to the CAO and you know deal with those issues accordingly. So I think I think at the end of the day, it's a more of a Coburg oriented solution where, you know, if there was an issue, for example, with the uh, Joint Animal Control Board, I may have been dealing with an issue that was out in um, Hamilton Township, which I don't really, as a member, yes, I have a, an interest in the board, but, you know, it's, they're not the citizens of Coburg necessarily. So I, I found it very difficult when issues like that came up but but what about what about you know there was was often a, a monthly report on how many animals came in that was uh, made public there was uh there was an accountability in terms of uh whether there was a no kill policy or not i mean what's going to happen with all that stuff i mean when you take on this responsibility people have very strong feelings about and now you guys are responsible for that i understand that the you know the humane society has its thing but i mean for people who you know for example feel very strongly about no-kill policies and how many animals are returned and how many get adopted out. How is that transparency going to take place and how is that accountability going to happen? So it's, it's um, in talking with Mr. Larmy, Larmer, it's obviously like, a, you know, taking on this kind of role is we're obviously going to uh, adapt and uh, there's going to be some learning experiences obviously um, but uh, I know through through his department there'll be some better reporting and things like that and that's where that um, hiring that bylaw manager because it's not just reporting on you know obviously animal control but various other things such as parking and things like that. So I think through those uh, tools and having those in place, we're going to have that same level of um, uh, information to the public. So those are the kind of things that, uh, you know, obviously there's always bumps and things like that as you're kind of getting these, um, these things hashed out, but uh, uh, that's the expectation I know of uh, council, and um, I know Mr. Larmer is going to, you know, be able to deliver on those kind of items. But people are very passionate about no-kill policies, and I know that in the past the community has has had many people vocal about they want to make sure that the shelter is a no-kill shelter and that the animals are going to be safe. What is the town going to do? Can you say to listeners that there is going to be a no-kill policy and that that the town is making sure that there is a no-kill policy so that these animals survive, or are you not going to take a position on that? Uh, 
at, at this point, I'm not going to take a position uh, on that piece. Obviously, we're looking to the Humane Society to do um, what they believe is uh, right through their um, operations. And I know um, in discussions and, you know, I, I know what the how passionate the community is um, and the issues with the, for example, the joint animal control um, in the past. And, you know, I know the, um, the Humane Society uh, themselves, you know, and, and what their what their goals are and what their care for animals are. I think they, they've got a great board there. And I think they're all, you know, very passionate about uh, animals. And I think that's very key. Um, so uh, I have faith in, um, you know, what what they're going to uh, do down there at the Humane Society. Um, and obviously us being a, a contributor, um, you know, those discussions and those things uh, through, through council, if there are issues. But Aaron, Aaron, did, didn't, did you not have an opportunity when you were putting together this agreement that one of the clauses said that there will be a no-kill policy related to the animals that are collected from po- Coburg? You could have put that into the agreement. Why was that not done? Um, that would be a question for... Uh, Mr. Larmer and, and 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 I felt I guess we felt that that was not um, a, a, an issue at the time uh, because of how the uh, humane society operates at at, the, at this point. So what will happen going forward then? As far as uh, that that piece of it, the no kill. No, I'm sorry. Uh, what what will happen going forward overall with the animal control? Now, what can we look forward to seeing over the next upcoming months and years? Well, I think um, the biggest thing is uh, if there are you know issues, concerns, those kind of things. We're open to obviously adapt and uh, adjust. How uh, how it's done? Because at the end of the day, bringing it in house, uh, the municipality has more control over you know what we're doing. You know, as far as uh, enforcement, uh, pickup, those kind of items. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I feel it's going to be uh, a higher level of service. And if it's if if the service is not meeting the expectations of what the uh, citizens are looking for it's something that council can at least uh, review and you know direct staff you know h- how can we change that um i think you know before it's you know your one voice of four municipalities versus this is you know uh, a, a solution that's you know coburg oriented so i think uh long term I think it's a very good uh, move and, you know, we can do what's best for Goldberg. And I think at the end of the day, um, myself, members of council, uh, staff, we want to provide the best level of service we can. And, uh, you know, nothing's perfect, but uh, I think with, you know, uh, whether it's public engagement, um, whether it's, you know, uh, learning from, you know, how things uh, are always adapting, I think we can ultimately uh, move to uh, the the best service possible. Aaron Burkhardt, thank you so much for talking to me today. 
No problem. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to reach out, and uh, I very much enjoyed it. Thank you. That was Aaron Burkhardt, the counselor responsible for animal control. The Northumberland Humane Society is a no-kill shelter. This means it will not kill healthy or treatable animals, even if the shelter is full. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.